Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super fast three-player online poker set and go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room. Okay, welcome to Ask Alex episode 113 on the com podcast, sponsored by americascardroom.com. If you want 27% rate back from americascardroom.com, Simply sign up for your account by clicking on any one of the adverts or banners on the oneouter.com website. Follow us on Twitter at oneouter.com and join Facebook group facebook.com slash group slash oneouter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on oneouter.com website and also via iTunes for free. If you want to send questions in for Alex on a future show, then please email them to questions at oneouter.com or you can tweet them or post them in the Facebook group. Alex, we are back for episode 113. There's lots going on with you. I got a couple of interesting emails from you recently. Um, one last week was about your new coaching package. And this week was, although by the time this podcast goes out, it might be so, but you were offering people sort of like pieces of yourself. Yeah. So uh, why don't we just jump into that? It's sort of like about you talked before, you're going away to Prague in December and stuff. So just take it from there. Yeah, sir, man. Uh, well... Here, let me get let me give you the whole situation right 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 now. Let me give you my day. Uh <laughs> let me give you my last two days. I have not slept uh last night because yesterday they told me Hurricane Otto is on the way, right? And the power grid goes down here like anytime. By the way, I know this totally doesn't answer your question, but I want I want to give you the insane life I have right now. It's pretty pretty amazing. So they say this hurricane's coming. By the way, Costa Rica's never had a hurricane ever, but, you know, global warming's a mess. Uh, anyhow, so it's coming, and uh, the power grid goes down for damn near anything right now. And I didn't really want to sleep because, I don't know, if, like, a, a power line went down and, like, lit the neighborhood on fire, I didn't really feel like... I, I sleep through everything, right? So, anyways, I was working anyway, and I realized it was, like, 4 in the morning, so I was kind of like, whatever, I'm powering through, right? And then, uh, yeah, so anyhow, uh, yeah, like a week ago, I, I put out the five-lesson package. Uh, I actually got my business manager. He was pointing out to me. He's like, you know, in your personal lessons, Alex, you're real technical, but people kind of want that global view. You know what I mean? Like, how, how do you play poker? Like, uh, how could in five hours you get a complete plan? How do you deal with different stack sizes, different players, different board mm -hmm. textures? How do you study? How do you actively play? Like when you're playing, how do you put more in the hours, not just put hours in? How do you get a bird squawk in your microphone? You know, like, <laughs> like uh, he's, a, he's all about that, man. Like, but he, you know, so anyway, we worked on a lesson plan. I wrote one lesson plan. I trashed it. Uh, second lesson plan. I got, I got it done. Es essentially the first lesson, you can buy one lesson if you want to get like a taste. And, uh, that it, that first lesson is a database review, and that was I actually had a really good challenge this morning. I had Riyadh Dobelis, and uh, 
Uh. Yeah, he's a, he's good, man. Well, and I was like looking at his database, and I was like, hold on, man, I got to gift you like nine minutes because I, I'm I'm having a hard time finding something, right? I also I didn't realize he's in Scotland as well. Yeah, hey, he's a Scot he's a Scottish dude, man. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. well, he's not Scottish, he's Latvian, but like he's a. Yeah, he tweeted me the other day asking if I was playing the Edinburgh game. I think he was playing one of the side events, and then. I went through and played the the main event, and uh, I thought I he said I think he was thinking about playing it or not. But I was like, oh, it would have been cool to like meet him if I was there. Yeah, he's a cool. He's a, he's probably he's a really nice nice guy, and it's a, it's funny because his accent's kind of uh, like it's from the United Kingdom somewhere, but I don't know where. And it's like, but he's very Latvian in many of his mannerisms, right? Which I've n never really heard. You know, it's kind of like when you meet an Asian guy in the States who has, like, the southern twang. It's like, I did not expect that, you know? Like, but, yeah, he's really cool. But, like, yeah, the first lesson is kind of like a hardcore database review. Rehards has uh, always been really fun, like, looking at his leaks because, you know, I got to really be on my game looking for that. And then we go over, you know, like, home. we start from there. You know, you, okay, I want you looking for this. I want you holding hands like this. Uh, you know, like, I want you, excuse me, recording hands like this. And then, hold yeah, hold hands, you know what I mean? Don't hold my hand. It's like, yeah, but, and then the second, <laughs> F you, Barry. <laughs> like, you know, I was like, maybe if I just gloss past it, we, <laughs> we could get past it. Like, I'm tired, man. But like, uh, you know, and then, anyway, the second, is, and there's a free lesson. If you get the five lesson pack, there's a couple more left if you guys want to pick it up. But yeah, if you get the five lesson pack, you get a six lesson, and that's kind of that was kind of fun writing. I I called it the dark arts of no limit hold'em. That six, that bonus lesson, that's that's like a bunch of plays I haven't really talked about too much before, and I was having a lot of fun writing that oh at 3 a.m. Uh, tonight. But uh, yeah, and then uh, you also get a free copy of Flopzilla, you get a free copy of my book, and you're gonna get a free copy of my upcoming private Flopzilla series to help you study. And yeah, I was doing that, having a lot of fun with that, and I'm also finishing Live Poker 101, so I was writing that script last night. You know, I got to put it, it's kind of my, the ending of my WSMP main, which was what we're focusing on Live Poker 101, wasn't too intense, so it's it's not as hard to write as some of the earlier weeks, but it's still, you know, it's a, it's a pretty good time, and uh yeah, and on top of that, and doing the personal lessons, because I'm trying to get everybody in before, I'm going to Prague. And I'm going to Prague. It's uh, I'm going to be playing a bunch of tournaments out there. I'm going to be playing the Eureka High Roller, the Eureka Main Event. I'm going to be playing the WPT Main Event, the EPT Main Event. And yeah, I decided to sell 50% of my action. So at maybe 4 a.m., I put together a little email, and I tried to really explain like what buying action was, just in case any recreational people needed a little, you know, help figuring it out. And, uh, yeah, uh, five hours later, I, I think like 30% of it is bought, 35%. I sent it at four in the morning. So I'm wondering what y'all are doing so early in the morning, but I, I really appreciate it. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, if you want to write in, I'll, I'll send you the email if we still have some pieces left, but I, I honestly think it, it might be gone. I mean, just go ahead and write in. You never know. Sometimes you, really quickly get the first 40 sold and then it takes like a week to sell the last 10 percent you never know right but it was that was a pretty cool response it's also kind of cool because then with uh the fans you get to like give them a little action you know it's kind of cool because like one 
1% of like all these tournaments is let me, it's like $160. Right. And then, you know, that's kind of like the nightly hundred grand. And it's like for the whole month, you get to sweat me in Prague, you know what I mean? During like all the, you know, high rollers and main events and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Prague. I, I'm bringing my whole fan. Well, I'm bringing my mother and my sister out there. And uh, I rented a flat, as you Euros would say. I'm renting a, I rented an apartment for the entire month. It's, uh, I rented it months ago, so I got a pretty good location. And yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, and uh, you know, so a hurricane's coming during all of that. You know, some party time, excellent. And uh, yeah, I had to, had to order some propane this morning. So if you, you might hear the propane guy yelling, I, I didn't understand a word this guy said. So on the phone, so I had to have my ex-wife call him, which was. It, Actually, you know, it's it's good. Things are good between me and her. So, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, life is moving. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's kind of what you want. Good, good. And um, yeah, I'm definitely going to take up a percentage uh, anyway. So you should do it quick, man. You got ten enough. seconds, man. This is going fast. Or what, what do they do on QVC? This is selling out. Eighty percent of the stock's gone. Yeah, you know? they always they always got some goofy accent. Like it's it's funny. Like turn on TV. By the way, I want to. Do you know who Richard Quest is? Do you know who this guy is? Yeah, yeah, the CNBC business show guy. Do Do you want to choke him out, or is that just me? I cannot stand how he. I used to like him because when I first started going to Hong Kong in two thousand five. And I was flicking through channels. That was an English show. Oh, yeah. So it used to, and it used to be Quest. I can't remember what the show was called. Quest on Business or something. Yeah, something like that. And yeah. it was like him going around these countries, and he was looking at the economics and local customs. So it was kind of good. But yeah, he was out there like Kramer sort of I, thing. I mean, finance guy. <laughs> back yeah. then, did he sound like a snake was biting his genitals, or is that like a yeah, 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 yeah? <laughs> I mean. How, could you imagine an American guy talking like that on television, like our most extreme accents, like, and so I think what you should do with this business here, like, I mean, he literally, like, I want to strengthen, you know, I need to tell you how you're going to get your fair share. And I'm like, Jesus, Lord, I just turned this on at 740 yeah. in the morning. Like, I, I know what you mean, though, about like in Asia, like any kind of English is so nice. You know what I mean? Like the. Uh, and when I was in Seoul, there was like one English station. There was the Hong Kong station would do two hours of English. And then like, yeah, CNN, I abhor CNN. Like, it's just, it's so like, I mean, I hate Donald Trump too, but like CNN is like the most like dishonest. Like they, they, they were like, this is, how, I, oh no, wait, who was that? But yeah, anyway, they're just a weird network right but like when i was in seoul it was like oh thank god something in english you know and uh yeah any anyway i don't know what else we got to talk about i'm done doing my richard quest impression well i was pl i was playing that tournament yesterday i played the uh oh, how'd that go? I i'm gonna pretend like we totally didn't talk alex is going to pretend that he didn't hear me bitching for about 20 <laughs> minutes before the show yeah. um yeah how did that go that was good that was out of my humor book well done um, that was good. I was going to give it, yeah, sorry, I was drinking something. I would have given you affirmation quicker. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so it was a £330 buy-in. First live tournament I've played in four years. First one in the UK in five years. So, like, totally out of sync, out of loop. And I went in and, 
like a few observations, poker is definitely not tougher than it used to be. Thank or you. Anything. I mean, Thank you. That is, that is nonsense. Some of the stuff I saw was ridiculous. And um, it just also, I saw like this mad hand, like uh, just just quick overview. Guy shoves small stack, like eight big blinds all in under the gun. Guy next to him V-ships for like 25 big blinds with nines. It goes round to the big blind. The big blind thinks and then calls with tens. Uh, under the gun, guy's got, I think he had like jack nine or, no, he had jack ten actually because he had one of the guy's tens, you know, if he needed it to out or, uh, eventually he did because the nines flop a nine. <laughs> so the guy that, the guy that was like dead, you know, with the, he, he wins it with the nines. Um, huge pot, you know, gets that, uh, 50 odd big blinds doubles up and then a few hands later that guy that got put out shoving under the gun rebuys and uh, he gets it all in with like garbage against these aces the guy that had the nines that won and then within so within like two three hands the guy that had nines against tens goes to like 70 80k you know like 100 are big blinds in literally from that two outer nice and it just that is tournament poker i mean yeah, that's, yeah, just I mean, that's that, every day you know, my job that is every day yeah yeah, yeah. So that's that. And then the other thing was the temperament of some people that play. And like really good players, but you just see them really steaming and getting tilted and stuff still. I just, yeah. I, I don't know. I know individual people are all different. And some people, they can still play great. You know, they can still appear frustrated and tilted and whatever, but they're still making clear decisions. But just displaying that, you know, maybe some people have to get it out I don't, and stuff. It, just, it was weird. I was t- I, I've talked about this with Barry before, but I had a doctor here, essentially. The, the doctor that pretty much saved my life, that turned me from a raging addict into, like, a pretty normal human being. Uh, you know, he diagnosed me with OCD, amongst a host of other unflattering terms. And uh, But that was kind of, like, the primary one. And I was talking about, I don't know how I'm good at poker, because I'm, like, the most, like, hot-headed, annoyed I mean, you've all learned from this podcast. I'm very easily annoyed by really stupid things, right? And then he was like, no, you're just like, you know, you doing your job badly is just so sickening to you. It's like it's like the guy who wakes up at night to, like, comb out the curls in the carpet. You know what I mean? It's, it's just kind of unnatural, but it doesn't want to see it go. But, like, eventually, even those feelings dissipated for me, and I considered myself the most, like, insolent child when I started playing poker, like so entitled like i'm 22 and i'm not a millionaire what is going on you know like and and then i see guys who are like 34 and they're still doing it and i'm like dude you know like what is going on like and i I don't know man I, i don't get it either it's everybody's so damn mad i'm like you know man you're playing a card game but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't I, I don't know dude I don't, well they say the old the old timers and all these old books you did it's like and even books that aren't about poker, they always say, like, to see a man's true character and personality, you, you set him at a poker game. That's right. That's you, right. You, you learn yeah. a lot about people, man. You learn. Yeah. You, uh, I, and I mean, I, I don't know. I had, I, I just, I feel like if you can learn to manage yourself at a poker table, you can manage yourself through anything. You know what I mean? Like, when I broke up with my high school sweetheart, I was like, you know, I was ready to, like, drive off the highway and put a bullet in my head on the way down in front of the full moon or whatever, you know? Like, and then, like, when I just broke up with my ex-wife, I, I thought she was the love of my life. But she was, like, she was here today, and we, like, we went and had lunch, and we talked, and 
you know, we hung out and she bought, she bought a little house for the dogs, which I really appreciated because the dogs are pretty cold, uh, these nights. And, uh, I was thinking like, dude, like I was wondering if I was working an office job, is this how I would have handled it? And I, I, I honestly don't think so because if yeah. I was working an office job, I, I, first of all, I want to kill myself to begin with, but all I'd have is my super hot wife who became a super hot ex-wife. And then I'd be like, well, this is it. Uh, it's over. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And like, but poker teaches you like, man, life is about loss. You know what I mean? Like it's about oftentimes my only real skill is how I handle loss. Like I, I'm, I'm reading my WSP main event uh, notes and like, I just like, dude, everything that could go wrong at the end of the main event went wrong. Like, uh, the maid woke us up early. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I was just laughing there because I was thinking you, 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 when you're saying like my ability to deal with loss and disappointment, just totally like mind warp. Like for me, I just visualize your notes like reading them at night. It's like Alex, you are a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you're not going to win this main event. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and it's over, dude. Yeah, you lost so it. You have no chance. So, yeah. man, the dream is over. You're washed up. You're 28. Who wins a poker <laughs> tournament at 28? Like, but, who, who remarries again at 28, too, boss? Like, but no, I mean, I was reading my notes and I was like, this is my, these are my notes on the last day. Like, literally, this was it, right? It was got six hours of sleep, woke up from a nightmare. Uh, filled with sweat. Uh, the the maid is yelling at us to get out. Hotel reservation was cut one day. Not sure why. Moving into some stranger's room. Don't know whose it is. I don't have any clean laundry. I'm playing for eight million dollars. That was like that was my note, right? Because I was like, okay, everything is going wrong. Then I showed up at the table. I'm not making this up. This guy walked by with a boom box right by my ear and started playing rap music as loud as he could. That makes me sound really old white. And he started playing that funky rap music. And then the dude wouldn't turn it off when people asked him to turn it off. I asked for a coffee. They gave me mostly milk. And the dealer misdealed the first three hands. And it looked like I had some paint every time. It, for some reason, the cards were flipping over. The only thing I had going for me is I was, oh, by the way, I was going through a divorce at this time. Uh, my, I was, let's see, 225 pounds. I'm now like 200. Oh, no, I'm like 205, right? So I was like massively overweight. But the only thing that got me through was my training. You know what I mean? I'd worked so hard off the table. I couldn't really veer off. And I, you know, everything kind of went to crap. I lost like literally like 14 pots in a row, but I still cashed in the tournament with like 12 X, even with like 400 people on out because I, I, I wrote to myself, like you're, if you blow this off right now, you're going to really regret it. Not tomorrow, not next week for the, but for the years to come. And I just sucked it up. And even though I was kind of not doing that well, I got into the money and I actually made it to day four and I actually had a shot and you know I didn't do much else in the tournament but man I that WCP main event cash tasted way sweeter than I, I thought I played terrible at APP San Ramo when I final tabled that tournament my biggest score to date like 222,000 I played awful I got it in bad so many times I even said in the interview I, I was pretty proud of this because like when you're 21 you know you're mentally retarded but 
I said to them, you know, they were like, how do you, how do you feel about this tournament? I was like, I'm playing awful. I, I just got really lucky <laughs> to get here. And I meant that, but like that WCP main event, I, it took everything I had to get in, in the money. And God, that feels so good when you pull it out. And you know, I rode that confidence when I got home, I got in the gym, I lost 20 pounds, divorced my wife. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that happened anyway, but yeah, anyway, that was a joke. That was a joke. And, uh, Barry's muting his microphone, making me feel like I'm talking to the oh, wall. I lost. Oh, I lost. Oh. Ah, you did? Okay, no, I'm just, excuse me, I I wasn't in love with the sound of my voice for 14 seconds, so I got a little t- tiffy with you. Anyway, but yeah, let's answer some questions for these kids, huh? Yeah, okay, we'll get into some questions. Actually, one more question I've got for you. Yes, sir. It was, again, about playing that tournament. Two things, there was this thing, this guy uh, was, like, covering these cards before me. I thought he'd folded, so I folded out a turn pre-flop. And I instantly got this, like, yellow card, caution card thing saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you I couldn't believe it. I, I, I thought they were joking. I was like, what the fuck's this? And they were like, oh, you folded out a turn, so you get this caution card. If you do it again or something, it's a fucking uh, one-round penalty or something. I was like, right, okay, you know. And I had to sit with you for the whole rest of the night, you know, the whole <laughs> day one. mark of shame. Yeah, I was like, that's ridiculous, you know. Um, I mean, that's I a pretty good idea, dude, because I, I don't mean to rag on your country, but people in the United Kingdom are absolutely atrocious at that. It's like, oh, break's coming up, folds out a turn, obviously puts some great player in position, screws up my open. It's like, thanks, jackass. And then, yeah, so, no, I'm all for that. I, I, so that, that was one. And then also, I, now, I don't know, but... Five years, I remember, like, when they had these big events with, like, three day ones or whatever, it was, you you pick a day one, you play it, if you bust out, that was it, you know? Now they've got this, you can have up to five bullets <laughs> per day one, right? Bigger, so better, can, faster, stronger. Bigger, yeah, and then, listen to this as well, if you play a day one, right, which I did, and I got knocked out on the second last level of the night, and that was me. I could have then rebought for 25k at the blinds where 500,000, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you play the previous day one, you can buy straight in on day two for 330 pounds and get 25k when the blinds will be starting at 816. All I want to know is, do you, do you have to forfeit a stack at any time? Like what do you mean? Like if can you play multiple day ones, but you can forfeit one stack and go with another if you no, better no, day. No, 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 no. Okay, they do they do that at the Venetian. I was arguing I should be able to get into an argument with a dealer and get kicked out if I can't use my stack. They they didn't really understand. But yeah, anyway, this was like this thing you use. You know, you can buy it. You get twenty five k. You bust it. You get another twenty five. Yeah, man, this is. Uh, I mean, they're just juicing the prize pool. Right? That's why. Right. No, it's like what is this? Like what happened to like freeze out poker? What I mean, they're not like? they're not into. I mean, um, tournament poker is actually pretty bad for the re- recreational market unless you have stuff like this. Uh, and I mean, well, not like in general, but it you got to have like a succession of tournaments. But if you're just gonna you know if you're gonna get all the punters and you're just gonna have some huge guarantee. Well, you're, you're going to have to have a way to fill that out. So I, I think the multi-entry is fine. You know what I mean? I, the whole, like, buying in a What would you have done then? Like, say, I'm not, but what would you have done if you, you bust out, it's an hour left of the day, so you can either play another day one, right, with starting with 25K, 
Or do you buy into day two with fucking 17 big blinds? Like, I, I never buy in late unless I have 50 big blinds or, or more. I, I, I really think it's just... You, I still have a skill edge. In fact, I think it's probably more pronounced than 99.9% .9 of players. But uh, <laughs> a skill edge with 40x is not that big. You know what I mean? Like, if you ever played, like, the short stack tables on full tilt with, like, 40x, like... You would punt off from 40 to 25x all the time, even if you were killing the games, you know? Uh, and then that's that, you know what I mean? So a skill edge with 17 big blinds. Yeah, you have a. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to do an ICM calc, like how many people are left in the tournament, what's the average stack, so what's the average chip worth. It's a bunch of boring crap I never really wanted to do. I always. I, I always kind of notice the guys who are always doing that never seem to have that much money, whereas. I noticed like Timex always was, uh, you know, I was always trying to cheat off his paper, this old 18 year old kid with uh, braces, you know, and he just, he was so nitty with buy-ins, right? Like with rebuys, he was always just absolute minimal. Multi I can't remember if we had multi-entries back then, but I think there was a couple and he was just, you know, they were like, do you want to buy back in? It would be like 36 X, I mean, 40 X or whatever it was. And he'd be like, no. And then I tried to figure out what he did, and then I, I couldn't figure it out, to be p quite blunt. So I, I paid a guy who knew something about ICM. He did a lot of it, and he was like, yeah, that's actually pretty good. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, keep buying hands low. Just let everybody else punt off and do it. Now, multi-entry, like, can you start the next day with a full stack? That's great. That's fine. I, I mean, that's really good. But, uh, yeah, like, buying in late? No, like, go home. Is it, by yeah. the way, is this the casino that's, like, ten, a 10 minutes walk from your house? No, this one's an hour drive. Oh, okay. I was about to say, man, I'd be playing all the time. Like, if I want to play live poker in Costa Rica, I literally have to go to the whorehouse downtown. And, like, I got to <laughs> I gotta be careful not to get, you know, not to run up into the stick-up kids when I walk out. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I've never played poker there because it's so effing dangerous, right? So, like, I don't want to tell people I'm a poker player here, too, because they, they just assume I'm sitting there with a cigar, like, counting my drug money, waiting to get arrested, you know? So, yeah, anyway. Anyway, let's answer. Let's save some babies from that. Okay. Yeah, let's go. Um, all right, this one is I'll, this one is an email, and it's from our regular and good friend, Mr. Alan Lapointe. <laughs> I ain't doing it. <laughs> Lapointe. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. and uh, he, it's funny because he actually references us now uh, when we're seeing. Oh, really? Hey, C CFL, the Grey Cup is this weekend, the <laughs> Canadian Football League. So I hope you're watching La Pong. So, yeah. uh, anyway. This one is Stop and Go. Hey, guys, still loving the show. Awesome as always. I just read Alex's section on Stop and Go's. In Alex Fitzgerald's new best-selling poker book, The Myth of Poker Talent. Yeah. You're welcome for the shameless plug, Alex. Uh, <laughs> well. Anyways, uh, really interesting. I guess I'll go the other way with my question. In what instances would you choose to not stop and go and rather just rejam? Is the reason for the stop and go because we have no perceived fold equity? Look forward to the response. Have a great one, guys. Your buddy Lapointe. Lapointe. Uh, Get to the Lapointe. La oh God, I stumbled. <laughs> yeah. oh, I choked, Barry. Anyway, nah. Okay, I'll give you like the quintessential guy to do this against and not do this against. So there was a hand uh, back when I did watch poker on TV. Uh, Jerry Yang decided. 
he was going to play every big pot he possibly could because he he clearly knew that was how he was going to win that tournament. I don't know if he thought that's how great players play. Maybe he, by the way, if you watch how Stu Unger played his final tables, it wasn't that different than Jerry Yang. And it's really funny, like how time changes things, you know, now, now that he did the Jim Morrison faded away, you know, mm. we, uh, we kind of glamorize him. But if you watch his final tables, he opens to some bizarre amounts and just never folded ever, you know? And uh, Jerry Yang does the same thing in 2007 or whatever he was. And everybody was just like, oh, he's an imbecile. And I'm like, well, hold on a second. I watched the old replays. He's just, maybe he just watched them and he's gambling up, you know what I mean? But yeah, anyway, the the bad guy to do this against was like Jerry Yang, a guy who had decided I'm playing big pre-flop pots. I'm, go- I'm going for it, right? So he opened to 3X or whatever it was. Uh, he had his jacks, and it came around to Havad Khan. And Havad Khan had 30X, and he had a couple options there. One was he made it 9X. Uh, there was a very good chance Jerry Yang would have called it, and then he just jammed and flop. And I do believe that board came king high. And Jerry Yang was really into the heroics at that final table, so he might have just found the hero fold there. But... If you just play the big pot and go in and the guy wants to gamble, that's, you know, a lot of times it's not a big mistake in no limit hold and pre-flop because, you know, it's really hard to have that big of an edge with only two cards out of the final seven. Now, that's the guy you want to be, you know, I, I, I call them heroes, right? You know, like the hero, they, for some reason they find hero folds on the flop because there's just more cards and crap that's complicated. But pre-flop, it's not that complex and it's like it's much more heroic to call off with the shreds of equity like differences right Mm -hmm. uh now the guys that uh i don't like doing the stop and go versus are like online dweeb you know what i mean like i i don't know what this is but like with online guys like whenever i want to get called like i was like 25 or younger i just go i'm all in and then you get like if there's a flush out there you get i call and then it's like oh, oh holy crap right and it's like Oh, ace-jack high. Okay, great. Cool. Good, good, good call, right? And then, it, like, uh, but you don't, obviously, you don't say anything, right? You're thinking this out in your mind, and, you know, you don't reach over to punch the kid when he hits his ace either. That would be a serious <laughs> faux pas. But, like, uh, like uh, there's a reason I can't enter Louisiana anymore. Anyway, but there is no, I mean, uh, you, 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 with the young kids, you don't want to do the stop and go because I, I don't know what it is. They they just they they love that like I call and then like throw down the hand like it's a gauntlet. I, I I'm not really sure where that comes from. A play I do like is you bet like sixty five percent of your chips. So let's say the board comes like king nine four now, and you know there's two diamonds and homeboy has eights. Now that really euphoric I call. You know, thinking he, he ran into the jack head. Well, now homeboy here has to raise all in with eights. And if he runs into ace-king, he's going to look like a dumbass. And then, you know, his uh, backers walking by is going to give him the Benny Hill slap on the head, you know. And uh, so I, I think those are my general rules about how I do it. And it seems to work pretty well. I hope that hope that got to La point. Okay. Uh, we've... Really tired that pun. Out. Come up <laughs> Shut, up. Shut up! You know how long I've been awake? Oh my god! Yeah. Anyway, um, and I, okay. I got another dude asking me for a lesson today, and I don't know when else I'm going to fit him in. I'm teaching pretty well right now, but like at the same time, like I that uh, there might be I, I don't know how to tell him like hey I don't know how I'm going to communicate with you if there's a hurricane and like it just knocks out 
you know, the eastern seaboard. But yeah, anyhow, okay, moving on. I know where connection sometimes between Costa Rica and Scotland is dodgy to say the least sometimes so yeah we're going to try and fire through this uh before the the storm comes and like blows alex away <laughs> so uh yeah <laughs> and he's found in some other part of south america yeah, so um that's, okay that's th- how i got into colombia and that's story <laughs> i'm sticking to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. uh all right this one is from jason uh, hi guys i have a question on playing hands when i'm sorry when i'm quoted priced in uh, say early mid-position raises, gets two callers, and I'm in small blind or big blind with a hand like queen nine suited or jack ten off, or perhaps even some mad hand like nine four suited. Okay, uh, I guess that's bingo. How should I proceed when flopping mediocre like top pair or second pair or, or perhaps a draw? I find sometimes playing these hands and getting into trouble and then regretting playing them when I was, again, quote, priced in. Okay. Well, I'm very glad that you... Well, there's two schools of thought here. Uh, they're all kind of going wild outside. I don't know what that means. I hear a lot of whistling. I don't, I don't know if they see the clouds on the distance. Anyway, I got you... Uh, anyhow, uh, they, the big thing is, first of all, small blind, big blind are very different. Uh, you'll start seeing very profound losses if you start opening up your cold calling range from the small blind. So generally, I, I, I think the small blind is one of the most for, like difficult endeavors to work with right now mm. just because you can't really throw that out of position nearly as much as you used to and get a lot of people to fold to you. So I think really you got to be focusing on the big blind quite a bit and most of your money from the small blind is going to come from like raising in the uh, – uh, raising from the small blind into the big blind and getting them to call with some pretty preposterous hands on flop turn and river because people just flow too much. Now out of the big blind, you're calling, it is kind of playing bingo with like nine four suited or something like that. But if somebody two X raises, uh, mm. there's a lot of times it's not really a bad move. Um, if you're playing online, the big thing to look at is their turn aggression frequency. If you have a guy who just is not active on the turn, that's not somebody you should really worry about. Uh, it, it, generally they bet their entire range and on the turn, they're only going to fire if they have something. So that guy's pretty easy to play against. Now the problem is like somebody flats with a like, King deuce offsuit, the board comes like a King eight, nine and, uh, they check call once and the turns an eight and they check and the guy bets and they go, well, I can't fold top pair. And you know, he could have Jack 10 or he could have a flusher. Well, there's a, his aggression frequency logically would be a lot higher if he did double barrel his, uh, draw. So, you have a pretty safe fold there, and I, 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 I would think the problem is there's two things. Like first, people like they do that whole thing. I'm priced in, and then they get into what you're doing, right? Which is they they don't know what they're doing because they haven't uh, studied that up, and then they go, okay, I don't like this. I'm never going to play out of position, and that that's really bad because you fold every hand from under the gun. You're losing zero big blinds per hundred, assuming there's no ante. You fold every single big blind, you're losing 100 big blinds per 100, which is obviously quite a bit of a loss. And uh, every, every little shred of equity you save is just multiplied across the big blind. So the big thing I would really recommend, you can look up uh, uh, di- Dissecting the Dog Bet is an article I wrote. It's about playing from the big blind. Uh, flatting out of position was another article I wrote about check raising quite a bit. Uh, a lot of the times with the 30 to the 40x stacks, you can check raise and put people in very difficult spots. 
Uh, if they're opening like 20, 25 X and they're C betting like 75, 80% of the hands, which is really likely, especially when you call the reduce bet out of position and then checked to them and they're in position. And yeah, you've shown a lot of disinterest in this hand. A lot of times their C bet range skyrockets. Well, if you take a look at a 25% range that's betting the majority of the time, if you check raise, uh, let's say you check raise the size of the pot, that needs to work 50% of the time. But a lot of times they don't even have a pair like 54% of the time. And if they're folding like some second pairs, as I'm prone to do when somebody check raises the size of the pot, even though I'm privy to this play, you're folding 63, 64, 65% of the time. So you're really manufacturing a nice little edge. However, if you fold, if you flop those small little flush draws, now, obviously, this, this hand could get you into quite a bit of trouble because you check, raise, the guy jams, do I call, do I fold, I don't know what to do, it feels strange to fold this much equity. This, I think, is a good spot to donk lead, about two-thirds of the pot. Uh, that's a really good donk lead to ease into. And then you should fire again on the turn because a lot of people will call once on the flop with, uh, you know, like one pair, a mediocre pair, a high mm -hmm. card, a backdoor draw. And your turn double barrel doesn't have to be half pot. It can be three-fourths of the pot. And, you know, a lot of people even there with top pair, no kicker, are going to be sitting there going, I'm not really sure what to do here. And if they fold any top pair ever, but if they do fold some second pairs, they're folding quite a bit of their flop calling range. And uh, I, I think that's some pretty good stuff to start with there from the big blind. And uh, with the short stacks, high cards. If you have like 10 to 15x, high cards. Don't, don't flat the 5-6 suited because that, that's really good with the deeper stacks. But you, you're trying to make one pair. You can't make a mistake with top pairs. So like king do soft suit, uh, queen four suited, uh, any, the, any ace. These, these hands have quite a bit of value. So if you've got, say, just in a vacuum, you're in the small blind. It's when someone's min raised it. There's like two callers or three callers. Comes to you small blind, you got queen four suited flat call that and the say it comes line, small blind. yeah no no, no you no never big line big, big line. line yes sir okay big yeah line. okay okay all right so um basically fold all your small blinds <laughs> yeah i mean this funny. I, i'll be honest with you the small blinds what i'm studying the most and uh mm. i've had a few students recently uh the big blind stuff you know i've done a lot of work on it so guys that are likely to hire me for five lessons are really likely to have read the myth of poker talent and like highlighted the crap out of it and really studied it and tried to apply it over a few hundred thousand hands. Uh, that being said, the small blind is, uh, I, I think it's a new frontier because if you fold every single hand from the small blind, uh, you're, you're losing 50 big blinds per hundred. Now I see a lot of guys accepting of like negative 15, negative 18 there. This is pretty crazy to me because there was a long time in 2009, 2010, I did have a positive small blind, which nobody really had. And then eventually I had a break even, which I was pretty proud of. Now I think you can get it down to like negative 10, uh, which, which is pretty nice. But I notice a lot of guys are real comfortable on that negative 15, negative 18, because what they do is they just limp in from the small blind constantly when it gets folded around to them. And that allows them to not feel bad about themselves because when they lose a pot, it tends to just be one big blind. The guy raises, they fold, or they take yeah. one shot at the flop, the guy calls, and they lose two X. And that, it's just, there's a lot of jujitsu you can do from like the small blind. Like, I mean, what I tell people to do just to like open their minds, obviously, this is a massively exploitable play, but in order to exploit people, you must become exploitable. But like, something I tell them to do is just raise to three X and then just overbet the pot. Like every single flop, like just bet 1.2x the pot and see what happens. Now, obviously, don't do this over and over again. You'll get really obvious. But like, 
you you'll have like uh I, I, there was one time I had a guy, you know, he showed up with the rock star energy drink and he's a big dude and he's got the wraparound shades and he's got the bald head. So I feel like he's kind of angry about something. Right. <laughs> 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 That's not a good way to talk about me when I get older. Yeah, but anyway, no, I mean, and then like, you know, I raised the, I raised the small blind and the guy, I'm the guy kind of like huffed and puffed and looked at me and then called. I was like, okay, dude. Like, and then, like, and the board, the board came like King, uh, no, 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 no. What did it come? What did it come? Hold on a second. Let me, let me remember. Nine, six, four. And I, I don't remember what I had. Right. It was King blah. Right. And then I just over, you know, there was like seven big blinds in there and I bet 8.5 X. Now, he showed me an open-ended straight draw, and he folded. And I was like, okay. Like, if you're folding that, I, I can close my eyes and just overbat here, like, every single time. But the, he leaned in. He got real close to me. I sm- smelled his god-awful breath. And he was like, how much is that? And then, like, uh, I, I didn't say anything. Eventually, the dealer said something. He got mad. He wanted me to say something. Like, if he sat there for 40 seconds and showed me his plumber's crack ass, I was going to speak. And then... uh. Yeah, he was like, that's kind of an overbet, isn't it? And it's like, yeah, dude, you get to feel smart. I'm the idiot. Just fold. It's cool. That's the thing. A lot of these guys don't want to be embarrassed in blind versus blind wars. They feel like I'm in the big blind. I should be able to take this down. But when you overbet, now you're the doofus. And that's great because then they just fold. So, yeah, I mean, and obviously don't do this all the time, but it's fun to try. And uh, I I think that'll start getting you in the – the other thing is just value bet mercilessly. I mean, I cannot tell you. Like, there's a lot of times the board comes, like, king 2-4, and, like, you see that, and the guy's got, like, 7-8 backdoor flush draws. He's like, well, I got backdoor straight draws and flush draws. I'm like, well, I guess. You know what I mean? But, like, that's shreds of a percentage. Like, well, I got a call here, and it's, like, on the turn. Well, I've got ace high. Of course, he's double-barreling always. I got a call here, too. Yeah. So, anyway, anyway, value bet mercilessly, over bet, screw with them. Have fun, kids. Poker's fun. An overbet usually does scream to a lot of people the nuts. Yeah, well. exactly. I mean, and usually, I, like... you know, usually, I, I, a, be, a play I always tell people to do is like, you know, a guy like checks to you out of position, you're in position, right? And, uh, you know, you know the guy's like pot controlling, right? And he's got like one pair. And people are like, how do you get out of that, right? And they try to structure their bets with like ascending bet sizes, which is interesting. Like 50, 70, 90, like would terrify me. But let's say your name is Alex Fitzgerald and you're, you're, image is kind of crappy but you know most people have a sneaking suspicion you kind of blew your brain out at some point right so you bet 27 percent on the flop the guy kind of like calls you really quickly it gives away the strength of his hand because if he had two pairs set he probably wouldn't need to think about it turns a blank he checks to you you bet 166 percent of the pot now you just look like a dumbass who with a set who's really worried about it getting uh, you know, and nobody's going to blame you for folding top pair there. You know what I mean? And if nobody knows who you are, this works like 100% of the time versus regs. Because if you saw that at your uh, your little Scottish card club, it, it's almost always a set, right? I mean, I'm kind of leading you on this question. But nine times out of ten when I call there, it's just some goober with the nuts who just, you know, his heartbeat got a little up there. And he didn't really notice how much he was grabbing. <laughs> And anyway, I'm getting a little raspy here. Hold on a second. Yeah. <coughs> I'm starting to sound like Lemmy. You know Le- oh, Lemmy, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yes, Matt. yeah. Yes, sir. All right, go go ahead. You're you're approved. You can continue to host the show and say eight words per week. Continue. Okay. Cheers. cheers. Um, <laughs> and uh, this one is last question of the day. It is from Ryan. Uh, hey, my question for the show is on opening light when the ante's kicking specifically and the blinds are going up. And I'm at that stage. Say I have a twenty x stack. I know it's important not to get ante away here. So what hand should I, be, should I be opening here to make sure I'm winning my fair share of blinds and antes? Thanks. If you want to make my blood pressure rise, like if you think I'm near a heart attack and you really want to see me wiped off the face of the earth, say fair share. Like, just because fair I've share. heard it so <laughs> many times in the United States. Like, we, we need to make sure the rich pay their fair share. And like, uh, well, and I hear people from, like, my old neighborhood. It's like, look, man, I'm glad you're doing well, man, but you don't pay enough in taxes. And I'm like, you pay zero in taxes. I pay 50% in taxes. I could buy two houses for my mother now, but I haven't paid, as Richard Quest would say, you'll fair share. But, like, <laughs> anyway, no, he had a CNN ad where he said that, but it's like, you got to make sure you're getting your fair share. It's like, what's your fair share? If you don't do crap with your life, your fair share is nothing. Anyhow, so and, and, anyway, I, I'm not even answering this question. I'm so pissed off. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But like, with your with your 20x stack, honestly, I I think opening uh, without the intention. Uh, the opens you generally want to focus on are when the big blind is calling and just check folding too much and. If he's not check folding, he's you know he's letting you see all seven cards after he calls the flop C bet. I'm not a big raise fold guy anymore from the 20x stack because what used to happen is people were very when I made why Pisagno is right, uh, people were very wary of 18x, 19x, 20x stacks. So when you open from them, they just kind of assume you had the nuts because it, you, nobody could raise fold from a 16x stack. That's that's kind of strange. Now they just don't care, you know what I mean? It's like, well, I mean, we had, there was a dude at the WCP main event. I'm going through my notes. This guy's gonna supposed to be this, like, sicko South, South American player. And I'm like, oh, okay, flats, two, three, offsuit from the big one. Wait, what? You know, and I'm, like, circling it, and then, I, I, like, I come to it again. Like, I noticed this in the moment, but, you know, it's been months now. It's just, like, people just don't fold, you know what I mean? So I think a lot of times... Your better move is, like, getting your rejam charts pat. Uh, there's this wonderful program made by the people of Float the Turn, uh, which will show you what jams you can do. Uh, it's also good to – oh, God, what do they call that chart? All the nerds always reference this chart. Chubakov or something. There's, like, charts that can show you, like, in heads-up spots. So, like, small blind versus big blind, what you can be shoving. And that's, like, if you assume the guy – is calling you perfectly. So you shove eight, seven suited and he, he has nine, two off and he just snap calls you. Right. Well, the, the cool thing about those charts is like, if you notice you folded a hand that was on one of those charts, uh, you're too damn tight because literally the guy could play perfect against you and he'd still be turning a profit. Right. And I see does a really good job of summarizing all this. Sorry. I'm kind of giving you a scattershot answer, but, uh, I is really good for this stuff. And a lot of times where I get my profit from the short stacks is I call the big blind and I check jam the flop like very wide because there's a lot of times like you'll even find like the gutter ball with like two unders, not even like two overs or something. 
like a lot of times that has a positive expectation versus these ass clowns who just open the jack too suited and see that any poor but they check back their second pair you know which of course makes their sea betting range just marvelously violent right and then Obviously, don't take it that far, but get yourself a copy of Card Runner's EV. Get yourself a cup of coffee. I guarantee you I am dumber than 90% of the people listening here, and I could figure this out. So you have no excuse, okay? I sat there looking at that like a three-year-old with a goldfish tank at the dentist's office for four hours trying to figure it out before a two-minute training video finally gave me the piece I needed. And a lot of times you'll be shocked by what you can check jam. And uh, yeah, so I, I think that's really your good spot. But generally, something I want to impress upon you guys is a lot of times, like the frivolous open, not even the frivolous open, the weak open is dead. The three bet is everything. Three betting in position is incredible these days. I was going over my notes. And sorry, guys, I'm talking really fast right now, but I'm trying to shoehorn a lot of content in because I have a lot of thoughts uh, that I've been working on recently with all my work. It was something like, there was a, like when I was playing cash games in Europe and I, I didn't play too much live, but like if there was a guy who opened 10, seven suited under the gun, he was the guy. He was the one dude. You tipped the floor staff to let you know who he was. Right. And if he opened under the gun, you were really big on three betting in, but if you three bet from the hijack and you had a rag in the cutoff and a rag in the button, you knew you were going to get cold four bet, oh, 30, 40% of the time, right? So it really turned into this leveling game. Can I five bet here with the ace or something? I was going through my notes in the WCP main event, and like the PCA 5K that I cashed, my notes were literally like raised to 2.8x. Everybody looks at my race size makes a note about how stupid my race size is verbally. Cause this is the first thing we learned about poker is when you see an exploitable strategy, notify your opponent as quickly as possible to <laughs> its existence. And then big blind, you know, can't fold the big blind. So he goes, I can't, I need, I need a new, what? we need a new thing. Cause he'll get his limb cut off. Cause his firstborn will die. Cause he'll have to eat potato salad for a year. Anyway, you can't fold the big blind, but like, it, it, they call uh, 2.8x out of the big line. They check fold the flop. And if they check fold the flop 50% of the time, that's 1.4x big blinds coming just from him, plus all the blinds and annies. That was literally all my notes. In the WCP main event, my note was constantly guy open from early position. I saw him open earlier position with 10 8 suited or something like that. I three bet two big cards like King Jack offsuit, King Queen, or like Ace 10 offsuit or something like that. Everybody folded behind me. The first guy called because, God forbid, you fold to a three-bet. Oh, my God, you must be so weak. How did you get to Vegas? How did you tie your shoes this morning? And check folded the flop. That was like 19 in my hands, how I stayed afloat. The funny thing is, every hand, because I was taking the notes of all the other players, every time I got three-bet out of position, it didn't work. And a lot of the hands were, he bets the flop, nobody folds, especially one flatter, even if that flatter is on the button and perceive it, you know, you, you could assume he could flat a very wide range because he's in last position. He opened a wider range. That guy never folds and they had no plan for the turn. And I was like, well, if nobody ever folds to you in the flop and you don't have a plan to check raise turn or double barrel turn, this is just, it, this is just spewing. People don't realize that C bet is eight big blinds. Do you know how hard it is to save eight big blinds? Like that is a really tough situation. And that's the funny thing. People are always like trying to find how to save money. 
and they think it's going to come with like, okay, I check raise the, the river to represent the flush and he knows that I'm doing that. So he jams. So I have to call with my second pair that I turned into a bluff, but no, it's a, it's these simple things like, okay, you three bet and you saved it. The best player I played with during the whole WCP main event, he was a Scottish guy. I really liked how this guy played. Uh, and he, uh, he was the only guy I saw three bet. I flatted him out of position because I kind of knew what was up. And I had a, I had King queen of clubs, which is stronger than my normal open. And he kind of knew what was up. I checked, he checked behind. I bet the turn he folded. He just figured it out right away. And nobody else had that because you know, Oh, that would look so weak, but yeah, don't mm-hmm. three bet out of position. Don't open frivolously from early position. Don't open the big cards, but do three bet the big cards in position. All right. That's a wrap. Okay. Right, well, we did pretty well, and the Hurricanes uh, held off so far to get yes, the podcast out this week. So, Woo-hoo! just to wrap it up, um, Alex, just in case this is the last time we see you, how can people get in, uh, how can people get in touch with you for if there's any percentage left for your package? Uh, people that are already on your newsletter would have got details about that in their inbox today. So. Just give us the spiel how people can yeah, get in touch sure, with you about all your important stuff. Well, you know, Barry, I don't like to plug myself, but if you guys would like to contact <laughs> me, you can write me at alexandpokeredrush.com. If you did not receive uh, the Prague offering uh, for any reason, just go ahead and write me. I'll go ahead and resend it to you there. Just so you guys know, it's first come, first serve. So if somebody sends me the money ahead of you, i got to go with them. And... Uh, yeah, if you want to send it, uh, I mean, PayPal, AlexFitzgerald88 at gmail.com. Uh, Assassinato, Costa Rica. You'll, you'll never be able to spell that, right, man? It's ass, ass, I, NATO. Uh, Costa Rica, it's a Japanese symbol, a white Japanese symbol on a black background. Or you can do Fitzgerald underscore Alex at yahoo.com on Skrill. And if you're unsure about any of these, right, man? Uh, 1% is roughly 160 U.S. dollars. Anyway... Uh, and if you want to talk to me about the lesson package, we have the poker talent coaching program, how to manufacture the real only poker talent that exists that comes from hard work. Be sure to write me at alexandpokeredrush.com. And if you don't get a response, just go ahead and write me again, although that shouldn't happen. But some people have had some, when they write alexandpokeredrush.com, that's a special server and they, uh, uh, they're, they're, it's like Yahoo redirects or something. So anyway, you can write me at assassinocoaching at gmail.com. I'll get it too. And uh, yeah, be sure to check out pokeredrush.com if you want to read the blog, see the battle rap videos, read the book reviews, all that geeky crap I love. And uh, yeah, you know, hit me up. You want to get better at your game. Okay. And until next week, keep your questions coming in for Alex. Questions at oneouter.com on email. Follow us on Twitter at oneouter.com. That's at O-N-E-O-U-T-E-R-D-O-T-C-O-M. And join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash oneouter. Also remember, guys, you can get 27% rate back from americascardroom.com if you sign up for your account by clicking on one of the banners or ads on the oneouter.com website. And that'll definitely... We speak about these margins and stuff, Alex, and little Ooh. edges... That makes a huge difference. Uh, that's not even playing, a margin. That's know, a page <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So uh, there you go. And until next week, Alex, uh, all joking aside, stay safe with the hurricane, you and your dogs. I hope you're all safe and fine. And uh, we'll speak to you next week. And we'll get a catch-up with you before you go away to Prague. Next week will be 
the last one before Alex goes to Prague, and then we're still going to plan on doing the show while he's out there in December. So that should be interesting. Yes, uh, thanks for listening. Until next week, cheers. Let me live, Lord. Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super fast three-player online poker set and go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room.